0: followers stopped following Jesus because of the words he was speaking, because of this hard offensive teaching. many left. So something about these words and this moment made it, was was kind of a crucial point, right? A deal breaker for some of the people who were apparently following Jesus but stopped on that day. So what was it? What was that moment? What was the teeth? What about Jesus? Made it too difficult. Made it a deal breaker for people to walk away. And Jesus turning into his disciples and saying, you don't want to walk away either because I hear you complaining and grumbling. And I'm sure uh, you may be thinking, well, some of us, well, I've been a Christian all my life. I grew up in the church. I would never walk away from God. I would never turn away from God. Or you look at me and say, well, there's a righteous holy man. He's a pastor. He's called by God to lead a church. Surely he wouldn't walk away from God. But I know, if I'm honest with you, there are many times that I turn away from God and walk away. Right? In my faith life. Because I know this to be true. That just because you believe in God... And know about God—that's not the—that's comp- not the fullness of what faith means. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? To cognitively know, oh, God exists. I know God is real. He's there. He created me. He makes the world spin and turn. That's one thing. Even to say I believe in God, He exists, doesn't guarantee that we won't walk away. Because faith is so much more than just believing in our head. It also implies trust. Yeah. Mm. And I can tell you when things are hard in life, circumstances fly, whether it's
1: financial,
0: whether it's (laughs) relationships, right? Broken relationships, you're struggling financially, right? Natural disaster hits. I've had friends uh, recently whose houses burned down. Mm. A pastor friend of mine, his home burned down like the weekend that his son was getting married. Oh, wow. Right? And it's just like everything, like their family, his son grew up in that home. His daughter grew up in that home. And all the family had come to celebrate. And that home burned down. Like things happen. And there's no guarantee that things won't happen that are hard in your life. And when that happens, I know for me personally, I turn to other things first. In a sense, my heart walks away from God because I turn to the things that I can control or know to ensure that I'll be okay, my family will be okay. This disaster won't hurt me, right? Like when when I learned that there was a burglary, it was like 5 a.m. in the morning Mm. in our church, I didn't go to my knees and say, thank you God, help us, God, I know you're in, in control, God. I'm like, where the cops call, what happened? I, I went out to, we have a Nest camera, we have Nest cameras embedded everywhere in our church. I went back, looked at all the footage, all the motion footage and seeing oh, who was around the church. You know, and then I came to the church, I went through everything up, oh, first floor, second floor, every single door to see what was missing, taking account of what's missing, what was this missing? Or my favorite things missing, like my microphone, microphone. Um, but all these things we would naturally do to make sure, oh, oh everything's in place, everything's okay, life is not going to spiral out of control. This church is not going to spiral out of control. We can still have projection system. They stole like uh, the wireless projection display. So, oh, I have a Windows display adapter in my office. I can just, you know, Gary rig that, and we can still have. God forbid that we wouldn't have rejection. Right? <laughs> That's the most important thing, rather than getting on my hands and knees and saying, what are you doing in this? Or praying for the person who broke in. Like, God, I hope they can sell our stuff and really take care of their family with that money. But I turn away from the one who gives life in order to make sure life is in order. So in that way, we can believe and trust and know God, but we regularly turn away from Jesus. Yes. We regularly distrust. If you went to Sunday school as a kid, you may have learned that, oh, here are the heroes of the faith in the Old Testament. Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. They're heroes of the faith. We should emulate them. We should be like them. But hopefully, as you get older, the point isn't that they are perfect and amazing people. The point of the Old Testament or the Scriptures is that they are imperfect, and yet, God calls them and uses them and walks with them. Amen? Amen. And that's walked through, did the impossible, and were saved from the Egyptians chasing them. Even after that, what? They grumbled and complained in the desert when it got too hot. It's like Seattleites, right? It's too smoky. It's too hot. Right? And in the winter, it's too cold. Is it too hot or is it too cold? Like, grumbling. Right? And the people are grumbling. Uh, in the desert because they don't have food. And one story, they're, they're in the desert in the wilderness and they're complaining and grumbling because they don't have food readily available. And they're worried, like, how are we gonna survive? Are you gonna give us food to eat? And God says, sends what? Manna from heaven, daily, every morning, like the dew, right? This manna, this bread-like substance falls from heaven and the people are to collect it and there's instructions given collect and eat this but don't collect it right don't hoard it for yourself beyond today right? and i always thought that was an amazing like piece of scripture because god is saying i will take care of you for your daily bread i'll provide you your daily bread don't hoard don't collect that's when human- humans get into trouble right when we start to be like, oh, I have my daily bread, but I'm on board. It's mm-hmm. like, hungry, remember that game? You might get hungry, hungry, hippo. Like you things, get the, thing, the hippo mouths, getting the marbles. And the goal is to get as many marbles as you can. And you're like, hungry, hungry, hippo. And that's what we're like when we don't trust God for our daily bread. When yeah. we just trust ourselves. Because we think in our minds, it's a dog-eat-dog world. And if you look at TV and watch CNN or the news, you're like, yes, it is a doggy dog world. People are getting theirs, and they're, I'm going to get mine, and people are going to get theirs. I can't trust anyone, right? So we collect and hoard, we collect, we collect, we collect, give me those marbles, give me those marbles, give me that manna, give me that manna, 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 manna. And that's what the people of Israel did. They're like, oh, I have a hat, I have a manna hat, right? This? Not just collect, eat for today. Let's get tomorrow's portion and tomorrow's portion, and we'll put it in storage, right? Amen? Good idea. But then it spoils. I know, it doesn't work that way. And the amazing thing is that people who are who have been delivered by God and know of God's power and work in their lives can still wrong. over. You can still turn around. And that's why those words of Jesus, you're not believing me as well, are you? Echo is so true for me. Right? Because when there's a hard teaching or a hard point in life, what is our first instinct? Right? Is it the instinct to trust and believe? Or is the instinct to to hoard, to gather, to ensure that we're safe, that we have provision, that we have enough. Are you with me, church? Yeah, Amen. So what is this hard teaching? We see in uh, uh, verse 56, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I am them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I, have, I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard teaching. we can accept it? So, I've always wondered what a hard teaching was. Was it that Jesus said, You actually need to eat Right? Was it were they were the people like struggling with it? In order to follow Jesus, must I be a cannibal? Must we actually feast upon Jesus' physical flesh? Do I need to be a cannibal to follow Jesus? Was this the hard teaching? (laughs) At first I I like that, but I think really what it is is that Jesus is placing himself as the only thing, person, way. For people to trust right he basically says earlier I am the bread of life right and he t- he's taking this Exodus passage about man right and and, and teaching the people life. That, that that story of salvation the, the, the salvation story that we read in Exodus in the scriptures that same God, Right? I am the manifestation. I am the incarnation of that salvation story. Amen. Right? God is the God who saves. God is the God who creates. God is the God that rescues you out of the desert and gives you bread when you're hungry and makes water come out of rock when you're thirsty. He saves you every day. And he's going to love his people and save them through all of history and even today. And me, right in your presence, I'm actually the bread in the desert. I am God's continued salvation story for his people. I am eternal life. I am life given to you, and you can't get life any other way but me. And he's saying this in the synagogue, in the temple, mind you, right? Right? And earlier, when he had said, I am the bread of life, I am the manna of heaven, the leaders in the synagogue were saying what? They were ready to, they were ready to, like, take him out. They're like, how dare he say he's the one, he's the way, he's the salvation. And so, in one sense, this is a hard teaching because Jesus is not left leaving any room for reliance on anything else. The only way to be saved is through me. I am salvation. I am the bread of life. Right? The second piece, um, if you read earlier in chapter 6, what do you think, uh, chapter 6, 1 through 14, what story do we have? Remember in John, chapter 6, 1 through 14? It's one of the feeding passages, right? Where Jesus breaks bread and breaks the fish. And feeds thousands of people. Right? And then they cross uh, the river or the lake on a boat. The people wake up and they're like, when did Jesus get to the other side? And they follow him. Right? And Jesus says some very important words to them. Right? In 27, he says, verse 27 of chapter 6 says, Do not work with food that spoils, but food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal. for people. He also says, you follow me not because you believe in me and you trust in me. You follow me because I gave you some bread. And actually that bread spoils after the day. You follow me because you're physically hungry and because I healed you and I did some miracles. But that's not it. Right? Mm. I am your daily bread. I'm not just your magic moment. Mm. Right? I'm not that moment like, you're hungry now? And don't we pray the most when we're in trouble? Right? That's when I'm on my knees. God, I got fired. I'm looking for a job. Oh my gosh, I'll come to church every day and I'll pray every day. I love you. Just do this one thing. For me, God. Right? We're the most, we're the best prayers when we're desperate. Right? When we're at the bottom of our barrel. and Korean, to y'all! Right? <laughs> God, help me! Save me! I love you! Right? I need you! Okay. Oh, Lord, I come confess I need you right now. Right? But when things are going good, it's like, Speak to the hand. Where's God? I don't know. -hmm. Maybe you guys are more faithful than I am, that can be the ups and downs of our walk with God. We can believe doesn't mean we trust every day, and a lot of times we trust ourselves. In the Exodus, God provides the people with their daily physical need for food. And yet they grumble and complain again and again in the desert. They fail to trust in God's salvation promises. Here in John, the people also grumble and complain about Jesus because Jesus is essentially saying, I am the manna of life. And you need to believe in me and abide by the way, the word believe um, that Jesus mentioned comes from the Greek word, um, which is more than just, again, what I was saying, cognitive belief, but it's trust, right? And I love the word trust, because it means it—it it, it means that you're walking with God over an extended period of time. Right? And a lot of times when we teach, our kids about the faith, or when we talk about faith, we just talk about, do you believe in God? And I remember when I first, like, believed in God, like, accepted God into my heart. I'm like, I, yeah, I believe in God. I, I pray to God, I know God. But discipleship has taken a lifetime, right? Mm. God renewing me and shaping me and growing me has taken a lifetime. Because I know him, but I turn away from him all the time because it's so hard to trust. Are you with me? Yeah, man. Do I need an illustration to show us how hard it is for us to trust? Because we like to control our lives. I'll just bring up driving. Right? So there's, you know, Uber has these like self-driving cars. And I was talking with a friend and I was like, do you think... We'll ever get to a point where only, we're only driving, we're not driving cars anymore. Cars are just self-driving. yeah, that's Like, completely. Crazy.
1: And I said,
0: that's never gonna happen. My friend said, why is that gonna happen? Because we love control. Right? That's why, you know, when we're driving, when my family goes somewhere, I'm like, hey Janice, even though, don't tell her this, she's mm-hmm. a better driver. She's a more attentive, safer driver. She, uh, it's a more efficient driver. She probably saves gas, saves the brakes, saves the tires, right? I'm like a wild, crazy driver. But what? I want to drive because I'm the man, and I need to be the man driving the car, the head of the family driving, right? And when I'm not driving, I'm like. Right here, over there. Right, like this, slow down, speed up. Cut that person off. Right? It's the backseat driver. Why? Because what driving is great marital therapy, driving together as a couple. Because your issues in your marriage comes out when you're driving, right? Janice the cautious person. Me, the risk taker. Right? Even when the kids are in the back, and she's like, whoa, David, slow down. Right? Or I, I exit like so suddenly because I don't. I'm like, spontaneous, geez, like the plan needs to like go over to the next lane two miles ahead of the exit, right? It's it's therapy because driving is about control, right? And whose philosophy of driving is going to take the day, right? Um, And so that's why I think we'll never have self-driving cars completely because we want to feel the steering wheel. That's why uh, the country singers saying, Jesus, take the wheel, right? Because we don't want to give the wheel up. Mm-hmm. Carry on, carry on. Carry on wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. We <laughs> don't want to give that wheel up. But that's what Jesus is saying here, and that's why it's a hard teaching, because Jesus is saying, give me the wheel. Give me the keys to the car. Yeah. Right? And you forget that I'm in the I'm the one who gives life. I'm the one who gives life abundantly to you. Let go and trust me. Don't just say you believe in me. Don't just show up and sing songs. Lean on me. And when things don't look like the plan is not going as, as you thought it would be, pray. I'm coming. I'm with you. I'm walking with you. Don't abandon your trust in me. Amen, church? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It's easy to acknowledge and thank Jesus when things are going well, but faith grows in the daily grind. Jesus is saying to us Eat me in the desert. I am the bread of life when you're in the desert, raise your hand if you've been in the desert or are in the desert right now, right? If you are in the desert and you're experiencing that desert walk and it's hot and you're thirsty and you don't know where your next meal is going to come from and things are hard circumstantially in your life, eat Jesus. Dig. Mm. Let Jesus be your daily friend every day. Because the alternative is a disaster. It's going to be a disaster. The reason why people left that day is they were, it said the, the translation is they were offended mm. by what Jesus said. Because he was basically placing himself at the center of what life. Day. When you live life, be life with me and walk with me. And that's the other word, of abide in John that John uses a lot. Abide in me. Meaning, let me be in you and you be in me. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's do this together. Step by step. Every day. Mm-hmm. Day by day. Trust. Right? That's a hard teaching. It's so much harder to give our people, our trust, right? Than to give them our words of Ooh, a sin. Ooh let's get it. Right? What in your life can you hand over to Jesus right now and trust? What does it mean for you now to eat Jesus, the manna of life, in the desert? Let's, let's let the rubber hit the road. Because I know, right? When things are hard, I hold tightly to certain things. What is that for you? Are you with me, Mm -hmm. church? You know you hold on to something when things are tough. Right? When you're not sure. What is that thing you're holding on to? Mm -hmm. And something that I learned about growth and transition is like transition is the best time to grow because we're unsure of things. And the best way to ensure growth is find what you're holding on to when you're scared. Like a roller coaster. Right? You're holding on to your spouse's arm. Find that arm when you're on a roller coaster. What do you claw onto when you're scared? And then give that to Jesus today, this week. Money give you security. I like to say, do your children give you security? (laughs) still. Let him give it to you. Receive each day. Receive. Receive. Because on our own, if you think about it, if you play it out, you don't have enough resources. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough energy to make it on your own. I'm going to tell you right now. You don't have what it takes on your own. God. Uh-huh.